Hello and welcome back to Easy Being Green Lessons in Sustainable Business. This is episode seven and I am chatting with Esther Knight who is the co-founder of the Sustainable Fashion House Fanfare label. Oh this was such a great conversation again I feel like I say that at the intro of every podcast but that's one of the reasons why I just love doing this podcast because I get to talk to incredible people who are doing incredible things and have so much knowledge on their subject matter and Esther was one of those people she is so knowledgeable about the fashion industry about sustainable fashion about sustainability ethics treating people well all of those really good things we chatted a lot on this episode about the mainstream fashion industry and its foibles, shall we say, where it's been going wrong and why Esther, who used to work um, in the mainstream fashion industry, decided to leave it behind to first work with Vivian Westwood and eventually go on to co-found Fanfare Label. Fanfare Label's business values are in line with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So we chatted a bit about how Esther, or why Esther used those and how she embedded those into her business strategy and why that was important to her. We talked about the involvement that the fashion industry has on modern slavery and the importance of ensuring the well-being of workers and how Fanfare Label does that. We also lightened it up a little bit and I used the opportunity to ask someone who knows about fashion the best way to buy clothes sustainably and what to look for to make sure that your items of clothing and your wardrobe can be in there for the next 20 years. We also talked about what's going to happen in the fashion industry, what Esther's predictions are for the trends of the next 5, 10 or 20 years. And of course, we asked Esther what gets her out of bed in the morning and the question we ask all of our guests on this pod, which is, does Esther think there is such a thing as a truly sustainable business yet? This is a really awesome conversation. I encourage everybody to listen to it. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed having it. Hi, Esther, and welcome to Easy Being Green. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's such a privilege uh, to be here today. That's wonderful, thank you. So you were in the fashion industry for 12 years before you co-founded Fanfare Label, which for anybody who doesn't know, is an ethical women's wear brand that has a focus on sustainability through repurposing, reusing and recycling materials and clothing. I would love to start off our conversation today by hearing more about your journey so far, what got you to where you are today? And two part question, what problem or problems are you hoping to solve with Fanfare Label? Yeah, of course. Um, so, so yeah, it's been, it's been quite a long journey to get here. Um, 
but it, it really all started for me with my um, first job within the fashion industry. So I graduated um, and got uh, a role within the buying department. And I worked for many high street brands, um, working working as a buying assistant and working my way up various companies. And it was really there that I saw firsthand um, the unethical practices within the fashion industry. And, and I started to start researching about sustainable fashion. And we're talking 10 years ago now um, that I started this journey in, in sustainable fashion and I thought well there must be a better way to do business um, because I was seeing that no one was being accountable for their actions at all and actually the whole premise of being a buyer is to hit margin targets and those margin targets come at the expense of people in the environment and there's no consideration on cost and how much we're paying for our garments and, and that really leads to drastic problems such as corner cutting within supply chains, mm -hmm. no health and safety uh, with workers, workers aren't protected. And so it was very much the social side of the industry that I was witnessing. And I was on the phone to suppliers and they were still at work at 3 a.m. in the morning. And it mm -hmm. was just crazy the amount of pressure we were just putting on um, on these suppliers to produce more product, re reach the deadline, reduce the cost. And mm -hmm. if it was a day late, they'd be penalized. It would cut into their margins. And, and every single time we would just hammer on cost, cost, cost. It wouldn't affect us much as a brand at all. It mm -hmm. probably wouldn't affect the supplier, but the ultimate impact is on the workers and mm. and I really started to witness that we weren't treating people well and and what comes as in empowerment for one one person is at the expense of exploitation to another and actually we shouldn't be producing clothing that um causes um the kind of disastrous impacts um in supply chains so we've got human trafficking we've got slavery child labor um working from dawn until dusk with no breaks and um just really horrific practices going on that that actually if we knew more about we we wouldn't be supporting and, and and there was just this lack of ownership, really, lack mm -hmm. of responsibility. Oh, we don't talk about that. Let's just carry on business as usual. And and so I was I was getting really fed up of of actually seeing that kind of toxic culture accelerate. Mm -hmm. And from working in industry as well, you, when you're trying to challenge it, I um, it wasn't just the supplier side but it was actually how the working culture in UK fashion brands and devil wears Prada's real times mm -hmm. 100 it's it's mental and actually the way people are treated is just so unnecessary I've seen young graduates full of potential just stripped of all their self-confidence because they're treated so poorly and mm -hmm. it's kind of the culture of well that's the nature of fashion and that's the nature of buying and if you mm -hmm. can't handle it go but actually what if the nature of fashion was to bring positive impact or to empower people or take responsibility or go a step further and the fashion industry is one of the biggest industries it's one of the most um, labor intensive industries so it shows how many people it impacts through the supply chain and through um through head offices and things like that that actually 
we could use it as a positive impact. We could use it to actually pay fair wages and, and it could um, solve a lot of the poverty and environmental issues globally if we did things right. So I started to witness all of these things and, and was fed up with the phrases, that's the nature of fashion, that's the nature of buying. So mm. I, I moved to actually Vivian Westwood to learn more about sustainable fashion and she's a massive environmental ad advocate and that for me is when I started learning about the environmental side as well so before it was very much social then I um, started to know about the issues on climate change um, the consumption problems that we're in and the landfill crisis that we're in as well and so it really was kind of cherry on top for me that actually something needs to be done about this and mm. I wanted to create a brand that was set up on the right values and the right morals this was before sustainable fashion became a um one of those words that is just mm -hmm. thrown around and actually people are jumping on the sustainable bandwagon which is brilliant because it needs to happen mm -hmm. but this wasn't set up because I want um I saw an opportunity this was set up because of the need for doing business the right way mm -hmm. and so I started Fanfare Label and I really thought that there wasn't many brands offering cool contemporary clothing that was sustainably focused and so this is where Fanfare Label comes in we still want to look good we still want to wear cool clothing even though we care about our ethics but mm -hmm. so let's do that in the right way and and that's where Fanfare Label was born. That's amazing I when you were talking about the culture in the fashion industry and people saying, well, that's, you know, it's always been this way. That's just the way it is. When, why is that a good thing? Like, you know, in that, that mindset, the most unprogressive statement is, well, we've always done it this way. Yeah. Change is so important in every aspect of life, including in industry. So it's absolutely fascinating to hear that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also, it's just, it's just not wise. Um, like, I always get the most out of my assistants and people that I worked with in industry and, and who I work with now at Fanfare Label, when you're empowering them and you're encouraging them. So why make people feel bad for no reason? You're not going to get the best out of that person. And it just, it's just this toxic culture of um, just pushing each other down to get to the top. And, and I just, it wasn't just that we have social and environmental problems we have cultural problems within mm. fashion supply uh, within fashion organizations that need to change we need to start treating people better and we need to we just need to take responsibility there's no there's just no need for it mm -hmm. excellent so looking at your website I know that Fanfare Label's business values are in line with the UN Sustainable Development Goals the SDGs and anybody who's listening who's not aware of what those are um, they're at the heart of the United Nations 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, which was adopted by all UN member states in 2015. And they work as an urgent call for action by all countries to achieve a better and more sustainable future for all. And they include things like poverty, inequality, climate change, environmental degradation, peace and justice. So I was really interested to see that you have purposefully aligned your values with the SDGs. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you've embedded those into your business strategy and why that was important for you? Yeah, of course. So I think that um, the, the UN Sustainable Development Goals are really, they cover everything from gender equality to poverty to environmental um, 
environmental problems and it really fitted well with us on what we want to change within the industry uh, we want fairness and equality for all we want good business practices we want to empower people we want to ensure economic development and it just seemed that everything that they were saying we also wanted uh, to try and do through our business so our values were very much aligned anyway but I think that using them to form the bit our business plan so um it's it just always keeps us in check so we're constantly working on our business plan and updating how we're going to grow as a company and when they're set on those something as um secure as those goals it always you keep going back to the table and and it's a way to continuously improve mm-hmm. and and look at how you can how we can use business to solve um external um issues so um like uh various poverty and social impact initiatives so it's a really good premise to form business decisions on because it's often hard Uh, the fashion revolution have this um have the mantra of um ensuring that um that profit creativity the environment all come in equal measure and actually it's from running a business sometimes you ha- you have to put social first but then it does commit a detriment to to profit and actually by using these uh, UN sustainable development goals as a foundation it always ma- keeps you keeps you on track and in line as as a company and and so um yeah they're, they're in everything we do obviously some of them don't relate to to fashion and and things but the ones um that do are the tackling wastage we we ensure that I couldn't start up a sustainable brand without accounting for the sheer amount of clothing that's already Mm -hmm. out there going to landfill and 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 being wasted so we ensure that we're reducing other fashion brands wastage by um intercepting it before it ends up in landfill and repurposing and reusing where necessary and then there's various social um social goals as well that we apply our business practices to fantastic sorry if you just heard i think my slack just went off i've just <laughs> i've just quit it <laughs> it's making a little knocking um that's a really good segue actually into uh, my next question which is around specific uh, stgs and um, number one, eight and 10 and 12 address poverty, working conditions, reduce inequalities and responsible consumption and production. Um, I think you mentioned their slavery and it is estimated that there is currently 30 million people living in modern slavery today. I think it, that's the one of the statistics out there, which is shocking. And of course, it's probably more than that because it's a really difficult figure to um, to check, <laughs> to fact check, because it's such, such, so much of it is hidden. Women and girls are disproportionately affected in slavery, accounting for nearly three quarters of all modern slavery. So what involvement in that does the fashion industry have from what you've seen or what you've what you've learned? And what does Fanfare Label do do to ensure the well-being of its workers? Yeah, so so one of the main reasons I set up Fanfare Label was uh, around this slavery slavery problem. So I used to volunteer for the A Twenty One campaign, which is an is a anti human trafficking charity going in and rescuing girls, and and I was working in there alongside working in fashion, uh, volunteering there, working in fashion, and actually. Then I found out that fashion was a contributor of human trafficking. So mm. I thought, well, um, it's con- so contradictory. Uh, I'm working in the fashion industry 
and trying to stop anti-trafficking where one is causing the other mm. and so for me that that really was the the decider point that I don't want my um I don't want my um impact I only want my impact to be positive and I want to bring I I want to bring change to this industry and actually use my experience and my knowledge to bring positive change and so so that's really uh, one of the main reasons I set up the company so from day one we've actually been um supporting various human trafficking charities along the way so we work with international justice mission mm-hmm. and around slavering anti-slavery day they um they have a big raise um and we we always contribute to the raise and we always raise awareness through our events we've run a few events with them as well alongside um just to raise money and raise awareness for this charity because they're brilliant at actually tackling um tackling um slavery within fashion supply chains Mm -hmm. so and then the whole idea is that using business to to support wider um wider charity initiatives and actually as an i've already as a business managed to support these charities more than i would as an individual and Mm -hmm. by hooking our business up to a charity we can just do so much uh, good works through through those methods so so that's really how we work with charities the more we grow the more we can support them we haven't got something in place at the moment where we've got a percentage of every sale but whereas we support them on certain days through the year but eventually we want to get that get to that when we've grown uh, we're still in startup phase but um slowly we will be increasing our charity impact um to eradicate slavery from fashion supply chains they i would check out the figures on um the a21 website actually because it goes into detail on how much is uh, labor slavery and how much is sex trafficking and and um and it, and it goes into detail about the different industries but but like i said before um fashion is is one of the largest um is the la- lab- most labor intensive industry mm-hmm. even above agriculture so so there is a lot of problems um that we don't know about with regards to slavery and fashion supply chains and i think for us this is why we want to get everything made locally because mm-hmm. we can ensure um a lot of it does happen um quite far away where you've got less control over your supply chain Mm -hmm. and this is where a lot of outsourcing happens and you think you're dealing with one factory and actually you're dealing with three more and this is what and those are the problems um, out there because factories do outsource Mm -hmm. however keeping things closer to home means that you can monitor them more effectively Mm -hmm. and and that's really something that I've found I'm running a small business we don't have the huge resources of other organizations to Mm -hmm. implement supply chain tracking and, and all of these things but actually by getting things made local building relationships with our suppliers working closely with them going into the factories and visiting them on a regular basis this is how we can internally audit and make sure that they're doing the right thing and um, we're looking actually to to get some so at, at the moment everything is produced in the UK and we're looking at uh, potentially um, looking into Europe and and when you start to go overseas with production it's really important that you're getting those certified uh, factories that Mm -hmm. come with the certifications that are government monitored so that you know every all the practices are legit but I think it's just communication and making sure we've got a really good relationship with our suppliers um, a really strong ethical code and and just trying to build up that relationship. 
Fantastic. Gosh, there's ever such a lot to think about, isn't there? When, when yes. it, it shouldn't be this difficult for to do things right and look after people and the planet. It really shouldn't be this yeah. hard. But we're dealing with decades and decades of industrial revolution and price crunching and making things cheaper and cheaper and buy one, get one free and sales and all this stuff that's got us to this point. So it's like you're, to use a clothing analogy, unpicking a seam. <laughs> yes. Yeah, messy seam that needs re constantly, constantly jumping through hoops and trying to do things the right way and and things and yeah, it's it is really hard and it takes a lot of time and a lot of resource and and from a small brand perspective, that's that's a lot. But the, this these are the principles that we've been set up upon, so it's really important. Absolutely, and it will be absolutely worth it in the end. And thank heavens. Uh, there are people like you and businesses like yours that are doing it <laughs> right we got really heavy there really quickly so I thought we'll lighten it up a little bit now um I rarely buy new clothes and I'm not joking when I say I have items of clothing in my wardrobe that I've had for like 20 years um however when I do shop for something new I try to invest in pieces that are really quality that are built to last I'm going to wear all the time they're really comfortable um and hopefully, if I've done my research right, they're produced with as little impact on people and the planet as possible. So I'm going to ask you that you're the expert. I'm definitely not a fashion expert. <laughs> what should I be looking for in terms of fabrics and even perhaps in terms of trends that are going to have longevity and go the distance like I can keep wearing them in 20 years time? Yeah, no, great question. Um, I think that this is everything again what we stand for as a company is it's about longevity it's about seasonless it's it's buying better and buying better quality so that you can wear items more and they last and stand the test of time the one the items in my wardrobe are the, the, that I value the most are the ones that I've had to save up for or the ones that have been passed down from me uh, from my grandparents and actually that you really cherish those ones that you haven't just been able to buy with one click of a button that you've managed to research um save up for sustainable fashion is more expensive but if you think about it actually if you if you buy that one piece that's better made fairly made and better quality it's going to start it's going to last low um a heck of a lot more time than buying those fast fashion pieces um, and having to buy multiple ones so mm. it's all about investing in that one piece that one piece that you're going to cherish and you're going to love and you're going to really value in your in your wardrobe um and that's again Vivian Westwood's ma motto of mm. buy to last so buy things that will last that are high quality buy better so consider things that you're buying and um, making sure that you're supporting small sustainable brands um, and just making sure that you're being very conscious about what kind of things that you buy that will stand the test of time that you can style up mm -hmm. um, and also um, just just style your clothing so it's you can you can make your clothing last by being able to pair it with multiple different outfits so when it comes to what should I invest in I'd always say go for those staple pieces that you can make look different with various different outfits as well so um, it's it's not a it's not about chasing micro trends 
trends that come in and out of fashion really quickly mm. but more about the macro and the bigger picture so so we design clothing that is going to stand the test of time and uh, being a good designer means that you're able to predict trends in three four five years time so we need to make clothing that lasts that long so so your your state your pieces that you can style up so blazers jeans all of these things and you can wear multiple different ways I think is the key there and and just really assessing do I need this item how many times can I wear this item and what can I wear with this item to style it up multiple different ways so we have jumpers that you can turn around and wear inside out and things like that because it reduces that kind of boredom element of clothing Mm. and actually gives you a new lease of life and we also offer this service where you can send in your jeans and we decorate them for you um for customers so if you border some old jeans in your wardrobe why not send them in and and get them completely redecorated by our design team so it's just finding these little things to make us interested in the product in our wardrobe again and then I would say in terms of buying better um fabric is really important so I would say just try and shop small um, shop small and sustainable because you're supporting people that have the right values and that have been set up on the right principles um, and this will really avoid greenwashing because although some of the high street brands or bigger brands are jumping on this sustainability movement is it with the right intentions or is it just with their customers because to me they've had their chance they've proved that without it being a a movement a sustainability movement they've chosen to do things the wrong way so try and find companies that have chosen to do things the right way Mm. always look at the fabrics because fabrics have a key environmental impact and synthetic fibers don't biodegrade I think it takes Mm. 200 years for a polyester item to to actually biodegrade and if we all threw out a polyester item you can imagine uh, why we're in a landfill crisis as it is so I would say always shop natural natural fabrics um, obviously ones that are certified are better so we use got certified organic cotton which means that it isn't just organic cotton it means it's certified by a governing body so that people and the environment are protected all the way through that supply chain there's zero chemicals no harm to workers in the process whereas a lot of fabrics um have really strong dyes and hazardous chemicals in and particularly synthetic fibers i would just avoid at all costs and also have a look at fabric mixes so a lot of the brands out there at the moment say in their sustainable the things that they call their sustainable collection obviously that word is thrown around when it's not correctly used use um have like 40 percent organic cotton 60% polyester and Mm. name it as a sustainable item well actually that's not sustainable because the the organic cotton isn't certified for one Mm. and the second thing is it's mixed with polyester which automatically discounts all of its credibility and it means that it can't it can't be recycled at end of life so when you're looking at labels that are 100% something 100% cotton 100% organic cotton 100% linen they can biodegrade at end of life because they are a natural fiber um so so it's very important to check your labels thank you for that that's really interesting and the other 
the other part, I guess, of polyester is the washing, isn't it? The what comes out in the wash and we've just discovered microplastics in people's lungs for the first time which is absolutely mm-hmm. my husband is a paramedic and a clinician and he's like I just don't even want to think about what's that what that is doing to our internal organs so choosing natural fabrics I assume when you wash them you're negating the chance of putting microplastics into the oceans and into our food systems yeah definitely yeah Mass, another massive problem it's, it's so hard to cover them all <laughs> oh dear it's so true okay so staying on the topic of fashion and longevity what are your predictions you said you're looking at the next five years for um trends to make sure that your pieces have longevity so what do you think the fashion industry will look like in the next five ten twenty years are we going to see more sustainability and what I'd love is that if more, you know, more brands and more small businesses like yours pop up, eventually the cost that you mentioned of sustainable mm-hmm. fashion will actually start coming down as it becomes the thing that just everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, this is it. There isn't a lot of infrastructure within fashion supply chains at the moment. So you, I've just mentioned a few things of how difficult it is for us to do things right, even with the best intentions and, and the amount of hoops that we have to jump through and, and actually designing a collection within sustainability uh, is really, really hard compared to in high street. So for example, in high street, you would design a collection, design some garments and find a fabric to fit well in sustainable fashion you can't do that because quite often you can't find the fabric to fit so it's like you've got to find the fabric first and then design around that and so it just means everything takes longer there's a lot more thought that goes into everything it is the term slow fashion because we're considering every aspect of the supply chain and with that comes a cost because we've got high minimums to reach because there isn't the infrastructure in the sustainable supply chains we're wanting to ensure that we're looking after our workers uh, getting everything made locally is expensive as well and so the, actually the cost for a brand is is really high so the more that brands grow the more infrastructure and resources they have to reduce the cost um, and because it, it, we're very small scale at the moment yeah exactly a sustainable fashion item is more expensive but then that's why we try and offer our jeans for example that we upcycle at a at a cheaper price point because we're we're saving those from going to landfill and trying to upcycle them at the same time rather than creating newness all the time mm-hmm. so i would i would say that sustainable fashion is just on the cusp mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot more of it and um, it's a growing market and customers are demanding more and um so we're going to see a lot more change within that space and yes hopefully as as brands grow as we grow our intention is to make um sustainable fashion more accessible to the mass market um and then i would say there's a massive trend about this this metaverse i mean i'm not the i'm not a one to talk about this at all but um we've just had a metaverse fashion week and um the pandemic has caused a big shift on digital fashion and online fashion so i think that that's really going to play a role in the future um near future to be honest um but I don't know too much about that at the moment. And this is something that I need to research personally. So I would say digital innovations and sustainability are are two of the main topics within fashion in the next um, five to 10 years. That's 
it's so interesting I had no idea there was a metaverse fashion week I'm gonna definitely look yeah. into that <laughs> yeah. excellent so coming back to you Esther what drives you what gets you up out of bed in the morning to do all your meetings and to deal with all of these challenges what is it that get, that gets you that drives you and gets you doing that I, I think it's the impact. So so a bit like what I've said before, no business is perfect. No business is 100% sustainable. But knowing that um, I'm doing the best that I can um, is, is really fuel. And actually that I'm using my experience and my knowledge to, to bring positive change and, and hopefully change this industry for the better. So I think as long as I stay um, and remind myself of, of all of our achievements, it, it really does. It really does um, help with the pressures of being a founder and running your own business. Mm-hmm. I think that the, what, what I look at is how much I've managed to achieve and like what I said with the charity if I was just an individual trying to change I've done so much more through my business and and actually that that is that is really encouraging and and now we've got a few members of staff it's it's just great to to um be there for them and see how excited they are about the brand growing but also our customers our customers are, are key to this we wouldn't be anywhere without the support from our customers and our community and actually every single customer that orders something or sends a nice message or does does our uh, five-star review that's acknowledged by everyone on the team and this is shows the importance of supporting small because every purchase is noticed every review is noticed and this is what I really we're here for and this is where we owe all of our thanks is our customers and their support so yeah oh gosh supporting a small business it's so true when you buy something from a small business it's like you say it's noticed I used to work for an online uh, e-commerce sustainable e-commerce brand and every time the Shopify went ding you know everybody celebrates like yay we've got another purchase and it's just so completely different from those big conglomerates I can imagine for you it's so refreshing having your having your members of staff and being able to treat them the way that you probably wish you were treated when you started yeah. out and when you were working for somebody else so that must be a really nice really nice feeling yeah. Yeah, definitely. And actually just just making sure that they're given the opportunities that I had to fight for and work for and actually which should be just normal practice. Um, but yeah, no, it's really good. Brilliant. So our final question for today is the one that we asked all our guests on this podcast. And that is, do you think there is such a thing as a truly sustainable business yet? Um, I, I don't, I think every, everything, everyone, every business has an impact at some kind of level. Mm-hmm. All I can say is that you, you do the best that you can and consider every area. So we consider our environmental impact by getting everything made local, but just by producing, you have a, an impact on the environment. And so it's just about how you can, um, really try and reduce that as much as you can offset it or do good in other ways like your charity push push things into charity as well so so I, I don't there's there's no such thing as 100% sustainable everyone has an impact at a certain level but it's just about reviewing where you can reduce that impact and every every time you're going over your business practices just reviewing that and making continuous improvement brilliant that's a lovely place to 
end our conversation today. Thank you so much for joining me today, Esther. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and best of luck with your business. I'll be following your journey closely. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been great chatting. Thank you so much for listening to this fortnight's episode of Easy Being Green Lessons in Sustainable Business. I've been chatting with Esther Knight, the co-founder and CEO at Fanfare Label. What an excellent conversation that was. I really felt inspired by it. Thank you so much, Esther, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. If you want to connect with Esther and Fanfare Label, you can do that by following them on Instagram at Fanfare Label. That's F-A-N. F-A-R-E-L-A-B-E-L at Fanfare Label or you can head to the website and peruse their amazing collections at www.fanfarelabel.com I've been your host Charlie and this episode is also available as a written article on weareearthcollective.com If you'd like to get in touch with me about this episode or if you have ideas for a future one you can do that by getting in touch with me via we are earthco that's at we are earthco on instagram or via our brand new dedicated podcast channel which is on instagram at the easy being green podcast that's all one word at the easy being green podcast a bit of a tongue twister or you can drop me an email at easybeinggreenpodcast at gmail.com. That's easybeinggreenpodcast at gmail.com. All one word. That's very difficult to say. Being and green is difficult to say. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you will come back in a fortnight's time when I'll be having another awesome conversation with an exceptional human who is trying to do good things for the planet and the people that call it home. Until then, stay collected and don't forget to keep it green.